Hi, I'm Gary Schleifer, and this is Beyond the Page, brought to you by Choice, the magazine of professional coaching, the ultimate resource for professional coaches in this wonderful arena of professional coaching. We're more than a magazine. Choice is a community for people who use coaching in their work or personal lives. We've been building our strong, passionate following in the coaching industry for more than 20 years. Yes, next year is 20 years. Um, in today's episode, I talk with speaker, master facilitator, coach, and author Eileen McDark. Her recent article in Choice is entitled Resilience. It ain't what you think. And you're going to find out how funny this lady is, really, in serious and in, yeah, just wait. Eileen is the CEO, the Chief Energy Officer, you'll also figure that out real fast, of the Resiliency Group. She's an internationally recognized keynote speaker. She's a Hall of Fame speaker, a master facilitator, an award-winning author with expertise in resiliency and leadership. The British research firm of Global Gurus International rates, rates her, ranks her, blah, blah, in the top five of the 30 communication masters worldwide. Her articles have appeared in countless public publications, and two of her books have been awarded national recognition, including the Ben Franklin Gold Award. Woohoo! Awesome. Well done. Her eighth book, Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters, is the most recent. Who better than to have Ms. Resiliency of the Resiliency Group write for Choice Magazine and talk with us today about this topic. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm delighted that uh, we're going to be kicking off 2022 looking at these topics. Yeah, no kidding. I think uh, we'd love to see the rest of that stuff behind our rearview mirror. So let's bring us forward. Now, Okay, I have to admit, if I'd read all of this, I think I might have been a bit more nervous about our call. But you are just, <laughs> when we met, you are like just so simpatico and awesome and funny, like you said. And I believe, what? I said, I am in this earth for comic relief. And she is. She makes me laugh every time. <laughs> so get ready, buckle your seatbelts, let's roll. Okay, I have to ask. So, coincidental or not how long like what drew you to creating something called the resiliency group in the first place like did you see the writing on the wall has this been something uh actually I'm a slow learner hmm. and when I say that is that um without me actually putting those words to it I have been fascinated by what I now know is resiliency looking at organizations and people who go through some dramatic changes and end up staying right side up in a world that's upside down. And I really started writing about that topic uh, right after 9-11 here in the state. Oh, wow, yeah. And my, my first resiliency book there was called The Resilient Spirit, Hard Talk for Staying Right Side Up in a World That's Upside Down. And they were um, small um, observations that I wrote about and had a wonderful woman who did original watercolors on every facing page. Oh, and the way people told me they used that book is they put it on their nightstand or on their desk and they would open it up to whatever page it opened and say, okay, this is what I'm going to work on today. Mm. And over the time that has passed, when I asked people, you know, how do you see me and what's going, the word that was always connected with me was energy. 
And I realized as I went back and looked at all things that ultimately at the end, at the end of the day, resiliency is about energy management, which is what I finally agreed that is what I'm about. It always sounded so, Gary, it sounded so squirrely, so smooshy. You know? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, you know what? That is exactly what it is, which is why um, the, top, the title of the, the article I wrote for the publication was Resiliency Ain't What You Think It Is. Because mm-hmm. everybody defines it as bouncing back. Oh, I know when you, when I was re- rereading the article and right in the beginning, you said the definition isn't meant for humans. Well, that's true. Because if we talk about bouncing back, which is the, the number one dictionary definition. If you look at Webster, it is the ability of a strained organism, an object <laughs> to recover its original size and shape following deformation caused by stress. Well, excuse me, that's a piece of steel that bends, that's a willow tree, that is not human beings. Right. Because we do not go back to our same place. There's never any, we never go back, Gary. Whatever experiences we have in our life, we are forever changed. Uh There's that wonderful saying, you cannot enter the same river twice. The river has moved on. Yeah. Every experience that we have, we are different because of it. To be resilient says then how, given where I am now, not yesterday, can't go back. It's done. It's done. What is it that I need now? And where do I find the emotional, physical, mental hardiness, the energy to move forward? Yeah, well said. You know, when you say that, it brings to mind, I, I, I always laugh when I hear people say the new normal. And when you talk about you can't enter the same river, the river the same way twice, or, you know, we, like we talked about, what, what do you mean new normal? T- today's a different day than yesterday. Every day is a new normal. You know, you have like to your point of you have these experiences and they alter your life and you, you may bounce back, but you're never going to bounce back to the same way. You've been impacted by what you saw, what you experienced, what you heard. So, you know, I always laugh when I hear the new normal. It's like, you could say that every day of your life. That's true. And again, say, I try not to use that word back. Mm. Back is backwards. Um, I believe that if, in fact, we, we cultivate, and I'm very deliberate about using that word, Gary, cultivate. As we cultivate resilience, it's a matter of growth. Mm. No growth you're stuck. Yeah. If you think about the word cultivate, um, are you, are you, are you a gardener by any chance? Do you grow anything? Eh, balcony. We have a, well, balcony works. Balcony. I works. know <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, whether you have a pot or whether you have a plot. <laughs> oh, well said. Um, if you want something to grow, you got to get the soil ready. All right. You got to take out the weeds. You got to get rid of the bugs, whatever. And then, you plant a seed or your little green plant. Mm-hmm. You have to water it. You have to weed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want it to grow, you keep having to do things in order to cultivate. Mm-hmm. So in our lives, there might be times in which, you know, the dirt that I'm trying to, I got a whole lot of crap I got to get rid of before <laughs> I can grow forward. Then right. I have to say, what will water me? What will feed me? What are, you know, and bugs can come in. The theoretical bugs in our human yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So it's an ongoing, you know, cultivating is an ongoing process. And if you're a gardener, if you're a potter, <laughs> you, know, you, you don't stop. Yeah. No, I'm always looking outside and it's like, okay, because it's windy up here, things move around, what needs to be adjusted. Oh, my mom told me that this plant needs more sun than this one. So I rearranged the pots on the back. Yeah, and sometimes you get you get rid of that pot and that rid of the plant and say, you know, I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. If you think about it for coaching, sometimes in coaching, what we help individuals do is to move from going this way. Mm-hmm. To totally jumping off and going this way, yeah. you're a new, you're a new plant. Where you're trying to grow isn't helping you. Mm-hmm. Where do we move to another place? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I, I want to go back to the resiliency conversation. So, okay, it's not a human definition, and yet, would you say there's some people that are genetically wired to be resilient? No. And I will say that. No, no, hold on. I'm not quite clear on what you're saying. Uh, Are you saying no? (laughs) I I am saying no. The research from the last 20 years says that while there are some people who seem to have an easier way of making the the, the brain click into action, Mm -hmm. it's as though the, the neurotransmitters are faster. The truth of the matter is, our brains are mobile. You know, we used to say that at the age of five, that was it. You know, <laughs> brain is as it is. It's hardwired in the sentence. We now know that we can train our brains to develop new neurotrans, new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And in those pathways, it's in that learning that we that we learn different and better ways of responding. So to say that, well, I'll never be resilient because genetically, you know, my mother and father were a mess. Um, that's to invest in your side to, a, to, you know, to a world of blackness. We can be, some people can train easier than others. For example, Gary, do you work out? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when you go to the gym, the first time you went to the gym, and do you lift weights? Yes. Okay. And the first time you went to a gym, if you can remember back that far, how much did, how much did you lift? Oh, Okay, let's just talk post COVID. How much did I lift? Because it was way less than before COVID. So not Isn't a lot. Not Isn't a lot. The circumstances change. So as you grew, you said, you know, I can do more than this. I can. And literally, you were retraining. You're training your muscles. Right. So I, I had this cataract surgery, and I have not been able to exercise because of my eye, except for walking. And I, I'm the person that goes to the gym. I do the machines. I do the Stairmaster. I run six miles a day. I can't do any of that. Today, Gary, was the first time in two weeks I got to go to the gym. Wow. I am so sore. I can't believe it. <laughs> and I couldn't do what I normally would. Right. So I'm going to have to retrain. My muscles have to be retrained. Well, think of your brain as being this 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 muscle, if you will, in which we train it to begin to develop patterns that allow us to grow forward. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so something else is coming to mind. Okay. I love how it, my conversations always deviate from the plan. Um, <laughs> deviation is good, right? Deviation now. is good. Is, is the ability, to, oh, I got it, to cultivate resilience in the way that you just described with that example is that just another way of saying 
working with change? I think that could be. What's important in both of those words is the ing word. Mm -hmm. It's not work done, turn the page. It's working, cultivating, mm -hmm. which makes it an ongoing process. I like the word cultivating because of the metaphor yeah. that allows us. I mean, the feed, seed, water. You know, those things we have to do. Working can go anywhere, but no, you could use that if you want yeah. to use that. It's yours. Yeah, because when I think about it, change is what's what happens all the time. Uh, resilience is individually as a word, not necessarily appropriate, but cultivating it in a way that works for humans mm -hmm. to deal with change. And what it's, it, you know, and maybe it's the severity of the changes we've been seeing over the last few years. Um, like 9-11, you, you know, when you were dealing with that, um, when you started your company and then COVID pandemic and social unrest and political unrest. Yeah, I, I think what we're experiencing globally is um, it's the fact that, okay, we had this experience and our our nervous system is set up okay i can respond to it all right um, you know put all the energy out and i'll take care of this and then it happens again mm -hmm. and then it happens again and it's called allostatic overload right it's where you keep getting beaten up over and over and over and it's you know the post-traumatic stress syndrome versus post-traumatic stress growth are two different ways mm -hmm. and both of them are difficult and I think what we're experiencing globally, as well as here in the States, is this allostatic overload. It's like, there's too much here. Yeah. So where we find ourselves now, Gary, is to me, this is, this is how I'm talking to myself right now. Okay, Eileen, where is your point of control? Mm. Where is your point of control? What do you choose to do in that? Because I can't, there's so much of this I have no control over. Oh, yeah. And we have a limit because remember I said energy? We have limited amounts of energy. So there are times in which our wisest course of action is to say, I need to sleep. <laughs> I laugh only because that's sometimes exactly just like, oh, no, no. I, yeah. My body and everything just says, okay, you need to restore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is absolutely valid. And the other thing is that to me, the cultivating of resilience is not a one and done mm -hmm. because things will happen yeah. and go, oh, what do I do here? When I've, um, when I've had some groups um, and we talk about resilience, I ask, I put them in groups of two, you know, talk to each other. Think of something that you experienced in your past life that you did not think you were going to get through. And you did. Mm -hmm. And then when they share with each other what that is, they said, what allowed you? What strength did you find? What happened that got you through that? Because the learning point is you still have that. You forgot but it's like, there. like the muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's muscle memory. Wow. 
and, my, and I think my muscles don't have as good a memory as they used to. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, post-COVID was a lot of work, but I'm back. I got to tell you, when I got out of the car, I thought, oh, my God, what's this on my hand? <laughs> it was because I was using something different. Right. For two weeks, I've not been able to use. And uh, as I shared with you before the podcast began, uh, I got to go back and have some more surgery, which means I'm going right. to have another two weeks, which I cannot right. do the stuff I normally do. So, yeah. Ah, but now at least, you know, and you have that memory and you'll be like less, you'll won't be as hard on yourself, you know, well, a, well, yeah. let me just interrupt because you bring out a really good point right there is that when you have built this up and let's use the example of you going to the gym, while it might be more painful to try to go back and do what you did, you will recover faster. Your muscles do remember it mm. as opposed to somebody who's never done this at all. So, well, you know, that's an interesting point because I didn't feel as much pain as I would have thought. It was just a matter of the muscles um, couldn't handle the same amount of weight as they did pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. And now, now it's actually gone beyond what I used to do pre-COVID. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, what's going on? Um, you know, and that brings up a really good point. What role does physical well-being play in cultivating resist resilience? Uh, I think it plays a big, a big deal. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, when I think about energy management, which is what mm -hmm. resilience is about, is how we take care of our physical body is the most obvious and easiest way to begin to reclaim that energy. Mm -hmm. So I am a big believer in diet, exercise, nutrition, and sleep, things that take our, our physical body. This is the engine that drives the locomotive. Yeah. So if I'm not caring for this, I can't care for this. Mm -hmm. So much of what I happen happens here and here, head and my heart. My body is the, it's the engine. It's the thing that drives it. So, um, you know, sometimes in order for people to feel that they can, you can even see responses in your body faster than you can sometimes in, in your heart or your head. Mm -hmm. So if I say, okay, um, my goal is to at least walk, we'll pretend um, twice a week. Mm -hmm. And every time I walk, I'm going to put a gold star on my paper calendar. <laughs> that sounds really silly. No, no, not at all. It's a, it's a recognizable reward. And Hey, how, I like to have fun with those kind of things. That's, I'm laughing because it's right up my alley. I would do something like that. <laughs> if you ever looked at because I still have a paper calendar. I have a day time. Right. And just before we went on the air, I went through and I looked at my, I have a Fitbit and I went through and marked, how did I do up until the time I had the surgery? Oh, wow. And I have, I think, I think my stickers this time are, let me see if I can find them. I think they are, and here it is. It is, um, I think it's supposed to be a hedgehog. Is that a hedgehog? Um, yeah, I'd say it would be a hedgehog. That was because I have to find them small enough to go in the little square box. Yeah. <laughs> I have the funkiest calendars over the years than you can ever imagine. But there's right. something about looking down at these stickers, even if it's two, you go, I did two. Yeah. Good. Now, Good. yeah. Well, and it's acknowledging that too. And that, you know, I think. Well, I'm going to guess that from this conversation that cultivating awareness is also about recognizing 
what's going on, the changes that are happening. And back to your point about what do you really have control over? Like when this whole pandemic started and everything was locked down, it was, and especially in Canada, we stayed locked down a lot longer. And it was, you just had to, you know, you get lemons, you make lemonade kind of thing. You had to let go of the fact that you couldn't control lineups at a grocery store or, you know, going outside without a mask or all of that sort of stuff. Right. It's just out of our control. Yeah. That was very, that was, is that, so, you know, we have a primarily a coaching audience. Was the control question, the question that a coach might ask to help a client begin to cultivate resilience, or do you have a a bigger one? That's a great question. Uh, But before, you know, describe how you currently see yourself. Where mm-hmm. do you find yourself? And then you constantly say, what is it that you have control over? I have control over that. <laughs> Keep talking. Because at the end of the day, Gary, we do have control over how we interpret those events. We have control how I feel about it. Is there, here's another thing, is there another way of reframing it that instead of saying, oh, crap, this is, blah, 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 you know, oh, I didn't just, Okay, maybe there's another way I could look at this. So instead of saying, I am, let's pretend back in the, when the COVID thing started uh, and I'm I'm relegated to my house. Um, Oh, that terrible, horrible, is there a way to reframe it? Well, the truth of the matter is my kids and I are gonna learn how to bake cookies. Uh, we're going to reframe it and say, I'm going to clean up the garage. I haven't cleaned yeah. up the garage. Look, how fabulous is that? Yeah, there's so um, the idea of reframing mm. is so important. In fact, one of the classic from long ago, um, Apollo 13, which was the, the moonshot where they thought they were never going to bring the astronauts back when they made the movie about it with Tom Cruise in it. The Gene Krantz was the head of mission control in Texas. And in the story of, the, of that, that Apollo 13, um, everything they tried, and it is a dramatic story, everything they tried, they could not, there was one thing after another, after another. And the engineers went to Gene Krantz and said, we've done everything. We, we, we don't know what to do. I mean, we tried everything. Gene Krantz looked at them and said, and this could be our finest hour. Mm. We're not giving up. Yeah. He reframed all of that horribleness to say that. I had the, the wonderful opportunity of, of flying back uh, with a seatmate who was actually the captain on about 13. Oh my goodness. And it was, it was uh, amazing. Wow. So if, if in the middle of all of that, and really it's such a dramatic story, mm-hmm. they did, they tried everything and they did bring the astronauts back. Cause they were committed to uh, post reframing. They were just, they had a different. He reframed yeah. it. This yeah. could be our finest hour. We're not giving up. Awesome. So much to think about, Eileen. Thank you so much. Yeah. I um, we're coming to the end of our little 
chat together today, but I always like to ask the author and you being coach, master, facilitator, author, 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 I could say that eight times. <laughs> um, what else would you like our audience to take away from this, your article and this conversation? Wow. I hope there's a lot they took away. Uh, you know what? You had steps in there. Like you the really, you, you really walk the talk. I have to say, obviously, you named your company for a reason. You're passionate about it. It comes out in your article. I think there's so much in there. I mean, we could just leave it there, but I just thought, hey, if anything popped into your head, this is your opportunity to. Okay. I'm, and this could be that a coach shares with their, with their client. Ooh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's not from me. It's from Howard Zinn, who said, to have hope, one does not need certainty, only possibility. I love possibility. Because an unfulfilled expectation leads to upset. An unfulfilled possibility is just another possibility. <laughs> Marvelous, darling. Marvelous. Yes, and I didn't say that. I got that from my landmark training. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this Beyond the Page episode. What's the best way for people to reach you? Well, if you can spell my name, you can find me. Um, Eileen with an E. E, the good old Irish spelling, E-I-L-E-E-N, MacDar, M-C-D-A-R-G-H, or the Resiliency Group. And actually, my name is easier to spell than the word resiliency. <laughs> That's why it's both. <laughs> you, can get, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, and certainly all my books are there. They're both on the website as well as at Amazon. And I would dearly love to, to talk to and communicate with any of your viewers and readers. Oh, thank you so much for your generosity being here today. That's it for this episode of Beyond the Page. Please sign up to our email list at choice-online.com to find previous episodes or subscribe via your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our informative episodes. Uh, if you're interested in getting a free issue of Choice Magazine, head on over to choice-online.com and click the Sign Up Now button. I'm Gary Schleifer. Enjoy the journey to mastery. <laughs>